Welcome to the Todd Run Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bethay, joined today by my main man, Scott the Stat Assassin. Scott, tell people what's up. Hey, it's draft time, baby. Yeah. Uh, we were all celebrating the World Cup qualification of the United States earlier in our group chat. So if you're a World Cup fan, no, we will not be covering soccer on this podcast, but we do love it. Um, we are happy that the USA is back in it with a chance to actually make some noise and with it looks like a decent draw. So. Yes, and most importantly, did not have the embarrassment of failing to qualify again. Again. What are we, Italy? Come on, people. (laughs) That's unbelievable to me. That really is unbelievable. (laughs) All right, so we're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons draft. We are going to play the GMs. We're co-GMs, Aiken and Bethay, and we are going to do a live mock draft. This is our first attempt at it. If it's choppy, forgive us, but we're looking forward to it. Um, Scott, I don't know if you've had the time to do – the extensive pre-draft prep that you usually do for this particular mock draft. I know you've done some. We talked a little bit. I, of course, without having to coach a spring sport and doing so exclusively, and I assume that you have done some research during your very, very long meetings at work. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that one evening meeting that always runs half an hour to an hour over. I, yep, yep. Hard to stay mentally engaged. <laughs> If you're new to the show, please follow us on social media, Facebook and Twitter. You can email us, titlerunsports at gmail.com. So um, starting off with the Falcons, the needs for this team have changed consistently throughout the offseason as they've added and added and added. Although I would say, and I think you'd agree with this, most of the additions have been very, very minor ones. They're, I wouldn't even say plugging holes. It's more like just putting bodies on the team so they can fill out a <laughs> roster. <laughs> sadly yes that is correct so you know with with all due respect to Kadero Hodge and Auden Tate I don't think the Falcons brought them in as potential long-term answers I believe they brought them in to provide depth and fill a roster that had you know I think three receivers signed as of last week and so hopefully they give you warm bodies that can possibly maybe contribute on the field but with that said I think that the Falcons have three or four large gaping roster holes to fill um, as far as starting positions and then additional needs for depth. And so I put that my immediate, like you cannot leave this draft without drafting a player at this position needs were edge wide receiver and linebacker in that order. Scott, your thoughts. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think honestly, i debate putting tight end in that group yeah uh, specifically yeah. because at the starting formation basically the formation that's most used with arthur smith which is how it was at tennessee is two tight ends yeah. two wide receivers yeah one running back 12 personnel so effectively you need two starting tight ends yeah. we only have one tight end that's an nfl tight end yep i agree with that so we need a starter and and a backup still. So Iro- uh, ironically, yeah. and this is the next thing I had could also use, and I put guard, tight end, and safety. So we're on the same page there. And I was looking at some tight ends earlier. This is actually a, tight, a draft that's got good depth at tight end. No first rounders, but a lot of guys that can come in and help your team. And I'm not as familiar with the tight end depth as I have been maybe in some other years. 
last year there was no reason to because you knew we were taking Kyle Pitts and that was kind of the end of it. But um, there's some good ones in this one. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll discuss what types of tight ends do or don't fit here as we go. So, And the mock draft engine of choice for us today is going to be Pro Football Network. There are a lot of good mock draft engines out there. One of the ones that you see a lot of people use is PFF. They have their very, very own unique way of ranking. And so when you do these mock drafts, sometimes you get some results that end up being, in my opinion, a little unusual. And a lot of people love the PFF drafts because they do give you a grade at the end, which is always kind of fun. But we're going to use Pro Football Network because we feel like after doing several of these simulations, their draft falls kind of the most naturally. You didn't have a lot of outliers. For example, we did one of these where the number one pick in the draft was Garrett Wilson, which is obviously not a realistic outcome. So we were like, okay, we got to scrap that one. But anyway, this is probably what, I don't know, my 50th mock draft. And Scott, I know you've done a bunch also. And this is, just so the fans know out here, a no-trades draft. We're going straight through with the nine picks that Atlanta has assigned. We're going to go through with all seven rounds and see how this goes. I really don't know what to expect. Hopefully this doesn't suck. Ready? And here we go. Hey, uh, actually, you know, before we start, Billy, see if you can find the draft chime from the NFL on ESPN, that draft chime. We are starting this, and our first seven picks so far are Evan Neal, number one overall, Aiden Hutchinson to Detroit, Kayvon Thibodeau to Houston, Ahmad Gardner to the Jets, Kyle Hamilton to the Giants, Malik Willis to the Panthers at six, Trayvon Walker right ahead of us at seven, and then we are left with a whole, whole, whole bunch of really good options. So what you thinking here, Scott? So on the Pro Football Network board that they have here, um, Ekwanu, the tackle from North Carolina State, is the top guy. And mm-hmm. uh, also Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State, is there. I think either of those are pretty good choices as offensive tackle is a very important position. It would certainly help the Falcons to have a better offensive line play. I probably go with Stingley, the cornerback from LSU, who is still available. He's on the Pro Football Network one where we're doing this. He's kind he's of low. lower yeah. down on theirs, but I'm sorry. I would probably, yeah, I, I think he's more of a top five, top ten guy than, than where they have him. And at eight, I would absolutely take him. I think if you ignore position, Linderbaum, the center from Ohio, is the best player on the board, possibly in the <laughs> draft. If you ignore position, he's that good. But also he plays center, which is not quite as a premium of a position. Uh, but Stingley, it definitely is one of those guys that has a, a case for being, you know, could turn out as the best player out of the draft, right? And not a guarantee, but he could. And cornerback is an important position. Yeah, I mean – if you're simply looking at positional value, tackle and pass rusher are the two most valuable things you can take at this place because we're not taking a quarterback here. We both agree on that. No quarterback here. I like Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson's not one of the eight best players in this draft. I think he might be one of the 12 best players, but I'm not taking him there. Uh, Garrett Wilson, who was also in this list at number 11 on their board is left. I'm not taking him. I think Aquanu is probably better than Charles Cross. So to me, it comes down to Aquanu or, you know, I'm good at Stingley. I just, oh man. And he's, he is, he is actually underrated on this board. I mean, they have him at 18. He's not the 18th. I mean, they have behind Kenny Pickett. I mean, Derek Stingley is a much, much better costball player than Kenny Pickett. I'm sorry. And he's a better costball player than George Carlaptis. That's, that's just ridiculous. Uh, uh, man. And you and I talked about this, you know, how we both see the ceilings for Sauce Gardner and 
Derek Stingley is being very, very high. And, you know, not to exaggerate, but Derek Stingley could be the next Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that, that, that's foreseeable. But the question is, what's his floor? It's his floor. What, if, if I told you that Derek Stingley's floor was he's Desmond Trufant, would you still take that at eight? As his floor? As yeah. his floor. Yeah, because now, of course, other guys, uh, it, it, it depends on what percent chances he hit his ceiling and what percent yeah. chances he hit his floor, right? Because it's not right. weighted totally evenly. Right. But, you know, Jameson Williams, who's up really high, right? His ceiling is also really, really high. His floor would be some kind of speed receiver that, you know, is your third best receiver. Yeah, his ceiling is taller Tyreek Hill. His floor well, is... He, yeah, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill juice, but that's no, not fair because nobody does. Well, yeah, nobody does. But I'm saying a guy that is just a game-breaking, he does one thing really well, and that's catch the ball and run really fast. And his floor is he's Ted Ginn Jr. or Deshaun Jackson, which is somewhere in between those. So, like you said, I I, I will – I will con- okay, we got oh, we have the clock going. How long do we have left on the clock, Billy? All right, two minutes left on our, our draft clock. Okay, so – we're going to go with the best mixture of talent and positional value here, and we're going to go with Derek Stingley Jr. at yep. the number eight pick. Lock, lock down that cornerback spot for many years to come. Many, many years to come. And then you'll have to decide which one of them you pay in about three years. Yeah, possibly pay both of them. But corners are expensive, that's for sure. All right, so we are de- we are letting the simulator run. We have run down to pick number 43 now. The picks directly above us, the five picks just above us, so you have an idea. Chad Moomin from Wyoming, who is like my draft crush linebacker. Perion Winfrey, defensive tackle from Oklahoma. Carson Strong, quarterback from Nevada. Alec Pierce, wide receiver from Cincinnati, going a lot higher than I would have thought. And then Tariq Woolen, the, the speedy cornerback from UTSA, which if someone takes him at that spot, they're stupid. Um, that's like an Al Davis pick. <laughs> yeah, it, and you mentioned uh, Pierce going – early second higher than than you had him you know this is where the draft people think the draft is going to play out exactly how it is on paper and it never happens right there's guys you think will go in round two and they go in round four and Mm -hmm. and vice versa so uh for the record i actually think alec pierce is a really good receiver he is a really really good fit actually for what arthur smith likes out of receivers he's big tall and fast like big as in he's a wide body he's tall and he's fast and i think what i think he was what, six three and four three ish 40 i think he hit four three eight or something like that yeah like yeah i'm not comparing him to aj brown saying he'd be that but picture a white aj brown that's his game so i mean if you look at all his measurables compared to pickens right yeah. he's just a little bit bigger a little bit faster than pickens and his highlights are him making contested catches so i, I wouldn't have minded him anyways he's gone Left on the board at the top of the board for this draft is Zion Johnson, the guard from Boston College, Kenyon Green, the guard from Texas A&M, who has got a first-round grade from just about everybody. Yeah, Brees both Hall. of those guys would fit great on the Falcons, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Boye Mafe, who's one of my favorite second-round edge players. Drake Jackson, who on our previous attempt at this, you and I discussed is you could take him, but you don't really love him. Um, I think Mafe is a much better prospect personally. Christian Harris to Marvin Leal, and uh, I think we'll stop there. All right, so are we taking one of these guards? I, I would probably take one of the guards. I really like Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. I yeah. think they're I both really good running backs yeah, I at agree the with that. college level and the pro level, 
and I think they fit what the Falcons want to do well. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think if you take Johnson or Green, one of the guards, you're getting somebody that's going to be a, probably a good starter for a long time. And I think you can find a good starter for a long time at running back in round four, right? I agree you can with come that. back and you can get, you want a physical running back to fill the same role that Hall or Walker would. You can get Brian Robinson mm-hmm. in the third or fourth or fifth round. A, a lot of guys like that. He doesn't have quite the same explosiveness, no. but he'll be 97% as good as, as the other guys here. So, yeah, I, I got to go guard. I think I haven't watched a whole lot of film on either. these guys at guard. I think people are a little higher on Johnson out yeah. of Boston College. I think he's supposed to be the guy. Our other Boston College lineman has treated us well, so it turned out why, pretty well. Yeah, why not double down? Yeah, and you mentioned the running backs. Another one that I've been looking at this week is Pierre Strong, who um, out of North Dakota State. Yeah. Where if you watch him, he literally is Tevin Coleman. Like <laughs> he's like the same player. Who's a guy you get in the fifth round? And even the even the mocks have a really low grade on Zamir White. I mean, you gonna tell me you wouldn't take him in the fifth round to go eat up twelve carries a game? Oh. Yeah, so, especially the way that Arthur Smith wants to run the offense. It, yeah. He's a guy that would fit really well. Uh, Mafe would be tempting to pick here, but yeah. the guards are just – if you have a guy that's probably supposed to go 20 and he happens to be be available in the 40s, don't overthink you it. You him. just take the really good player. And if you also happen to like kind of suck at that position like the Falcons do, yeah. it's even easier. Yeah. And Zion Johnson, just, you know, on this board is rated 20. He is top 30 on everybody's board universally. And so is King and Green. Some people have King and Green as a top 15 player. So we're going to take the, make the selection of Zion Johnson. And the Falcons now address needs at corner and guard, which we knew was a gaping hole. All right. So here, oh no, this is interesting right here. Oh, this is juicy right here. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Arnold Epichetti, who is one of my favorite second-round edges. Um, Travis Jones, D-tackle from UConn, who I've not studied. Brandon Smith, who is a really speedy athletic linebacker. And this is probably the one I'm going to go with. George Pickens sitting right here, 58 out of Georgia. Do we have to debate this, or can we go ahead and take Pickens? I mean, we have to talk about it a, a little bit. Oh. Because, because Travis Jones is one of those guys who's a really athletic interior okay. line kind of guy. I don't think he's going to be Chris Jones good. Okay. But if things click for him, if, you know, his absolute best case scenario, yeah, it would be something like Chris Jones level good at interior uh, defensive line. I, I'm with you. If, in the end, it's like, hey, Pickens, because if for one reason, wide receiver is a huge position of need. And we said that coming in like, if there is one spot where you absolutely have to draft at least two players just to have a roster, it's wide yeah. receiver. And here we have a guy who you and I both think is a first-round talent who's being slept on. Oh, yeah. Who's, who's, who's slotted for 58 in this draft, and is picked, and we have him at 58. So I, I think George Pickens has a chance to be a wide receiver one. I don't think it'll happen immediately. But if people remember, Roddy White was considered a bust after two years in the NFL. Year three, he has a great season, and then the rest is history. You know, he goes on to have five or six years of being a really dominant wide receiver in the NFL. So I don't know that Pickens is one that would hit it right away, but by the time you're drafting, you know, your next really good quarterback in either 2023 or 2023 or 2024, I think Pickens is developing into a legit number one wide receiver. So 
George Pickens is the pick here, and this is great value at 50. Yeah, this draft is falling quite nicely for us. Um, you know, while it's scrolling there, a note on Travis Jones. I think he was like 6'4", 325, and ran a 4'9 at the Combine. If Jordan Davis hadn't absolutely destroyed that whole <laughs> building with his performance, yeah, people we'll would have noticed that. that Travis Jones was this dude that moved way too well for somebody that big. So yeah, that, that's why I, I, I felt I owed it to him to mention him in the conversation. All right, so – Right here, one of the positions that I want to talk I want to talk about drafting for need here. When I, I know we said we're going to go with the best player available approach. Right now, this next several players on the board are all wide receivers. Several of them I like. Jalen Talbert, who's a just a really good, well-rounded receiver that's got some speed from South Alabama. I got to watch a little bit of him. Sky Moore, who I think is actually a little bit overvalued, but um, he's a really he's a really good possession receiver from Western Michigan that just happened to run four three at the combine. Uh, Romeo Dubs, who, roll, who rose a lot from the Senior Bowl, and then David Bell, who was an All-American, who I am not in love with. He's a routes and hands guy that doesn't run great, but he's really productive. So we got them, got a couple running backs here, and then we have several several linebackers that I want to talk about. Leo Chennault, who is a 260-pound thumper from Wisconsin, who just happened to run 4'5 at 260 pounds. Quay Walker from Georgia, and then one other linebacker that I wanted to mention who we probably would not take here, if I can scroll down to him, excuse me, two more, Channing Tindall, who's rated at number 100 on this board, which is probably a little low for him. And then my other draft crush at linebacker, Troy Anderson out of Montana State. Oh, he is good. Have you watched any of uh, yes. Clark from LSU? Of Damone, Damone Clark. He's one of the ones that I have not gotten to study. I know okay. he's super athletic. Uh, whenever I was watching LSU games, their defense would – Stingley, who we picked, you know, basically opted out of last season, as did some other players. Uh, their defense was just a hot mess, except when they played Florida, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, they were a hot mess. Nobody looked like they should be playing in the SEC. And then Damone Clark looked like a freaking All-American. It was like, hey, this is the one dude on this team that's actually still trying and playing hard and good at football on the defense. So he he might have stood out so much because – what was surrounding him was complete trash. So I need to go back and, and watch stuff to really know how strongly I feel, but he and, definitely and, popped out. And one of the things with the Falcons here is we have to assess, do they want a true inside backer or do you take just a well-rounded linebacker and bump Deion Jones back into the inside where I don't think he's as good of a fit in the Dean Pease defense, or do you take like a thumper that's going to play two downs, like a Leo Chanel, knowing he's going to be liability in coverage. And I don't, I don't know. Because there aren't a whole lot of linebackers in this draft to do everything well, unless you're Nicobe Dean or Devin Lloyd. Um, Chad Muma wasn't one of those, but he's gone. I think Chad Muma is an absolute stud. I like him a lot like I liked Logan Wilson a couple years ago. We've got about two minutes left to make this pick. So, Scott, I'll ask you, best player available here is probably a wide receiver of some sort. Do we double down on wide receiver here or trust the depth of the draft to pick another one up later and go with a linebacker here who would probably a linebacker you picking here is probably going to be an immediate contributor, if not an outright starter. Right. I think I probably take a swing at linebacker because I agree with already you. got Pickens at receiver and I probably go Quay Walker because I think he probably fits best with uh, what they want out of the three, four, inside linebackers a big 
I mean, he's a big physical guy that can thump can run. and also run a four or five. Run. Yeah. So like I say, he fits the scheme, but uh, okay. 250 pounds or whatever and running a four or five kind of fits every scheme. So <laughs> Yeah. And so I'm, I'm actually in agreement here. I think linebacker is the pick and I will go, we will go with Quay Walker at number 74. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to have us pick Georgia guys, but also there's a lot of them out there and they the Falcons have a lot of needs, and it just so happens that, yeah, those guys. Scott, I'm not sure if you knew this, but Georgia had a lot of really good football players last year. Did you know that? I have been told. So coming back around, now we still have some good wide receivers on the board. This is also a potential spot for running back at pick number 82, the second pick in this round. Uh, looking at best position available, we can also have to consider there are some tight ends that would be good fits here because tight end is a position where you got to add some depth, although I think you might be able to wait a little bit longer in this draft with tight end. But um, what are you thinking here, Scott? Are we going, are we going well, for another wide receiver? Is there anybody left at safety or who, I mean, of course there's somebody yeah. who's left at safety. Just out of Kirby, Kirby Joseph from Illinois, who I've not scouted. Nick cross is one from Maryland who I really like, but mm-hmm. I think he might be available late in the draft. He's just a good, really well-round balanced safety. Also, he's, also, like, he's also a freak show of an athlete. I know yeah. he went to Maryland, but like, I think, you know, he he could have gone to Georgia or Alabama and chose Maryland instead. Yeah, he's got, like, big-time speed off the hash, any tackles. Yes. I mean, if he didn't go to Maryland, he probably would be rated higher. I'm just being honest. Like, he, he's probably, at worst, a third-round pick, and he's rated here at 125, and he's he's better than that, just being honest with you. And uh, another one I like is rated down pretty low Smoke Monday, but he's more of a box safety. That's kind of a specialty role. So if you're going safety, I think Nick Cross is the pick, and I do like him. Um, I don't think he's ready to start right away, but I thought Richie Grant was, and he didn't. So what do I know? Um, and then at receiver, you have Sky Moore and Romeo Dubs still available. So lots of good options here. I guess this really comes down to who you think is the best player or what is the biggest need to fill right now. Yeah. Well, so I think you know we've talked about it before offline. The the Falcons coming into this are basically short two starting wide receivers mm-hmm. and short one starting tight end mm-hmm. because they want to run two tight end, two wide receiver yep. as their, their base. Right. Um, that being said, the one tight end that they have is Pitts, who is a stud and will be a stud for a long time. Also not a big, huge physical guy. So you probably for your other tight end would like somebody who is, leans slightly towards the blocking side, mm-hmm. but you don't want some dude that's just a glorified tackle. You still want to be able to catch the ball and be a receiving threat. The top guys left, uh, Dolchich from UCLA and likely from Coastal Carolina. I don't know how much you could really count on those guys to yeah. fill that role. They, they have the height and weight to do that. They're both like, 6'4", 245, like neither of them are like, you know, 6'3", 225 or something where you're like, oh, they're just too small. They'll never block. But they're not block first guys. They're definitely, mm-hmm. you know, pass catchers is there, what they're bringing to the table. Um, I think Jeremy Rucker, Rucker from Jake Ferguson. Ohio State. Yeah. Those are two I mean, good blocking are, tight ends. Those are your classic uh, mm-hmm. corn-fed Midwestern tight ends <laughs> yeah. right there. And they actually fit well with what the Falcons need, I think. I don't know that 
this feels a, a tad early to take early. those I guys. agree with that. I agree with that. Especially because we're taking a tight end that we don't want to be a primary pass catcher, which means not quite as valuable, even if it's an important way to round out the team. So I would probably wait on tight end and hope that I could get Rucker or Ferguson around later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that means we're kind of at wide receiver. And there's some good receivers. Sky Moore maybe isn't quite big enough to fit into what they want to do. No. I will say this, though. He does have inside-outside versatility. Like, he was an ex-receiver in college that lined up outside when the, when the nine, ran the nine route. Plays bigger than his height. I think he's 5'11-ish. Yeah. But, again, those guys are typically guys that look more like Justin Ross or Romeo Dubs, who I think Ross is 6'4 and Dubs is 6'3", even though I'm not sure they're as good of football players. So Yeah, that's what <laughs> kind of stinks. Do we go all the way down for Justin Ross? I'm not – Confident or, in Justin Ross's ability to separate the NFL level? No. Why? Just no. because he couldn't separate in college? <laughs> well, he didn't need to in college. He was so good at making those contestant catches. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Um, out of these, I do like – like, I did not like Sky Moore at the top of the second round, but I do like him here in the third round. If I had to pick one, he'd probably be my pick, or I would go off the board and go Wando Robinson just to get a pure weapon. Yeah. A, a lot of the guys – after the first round, a lot of the receivers I like in this draft are guys that are more flexible and can play mm-hmm. in the slot, and yeah. that's just not what we want, right? Right. He's like, oh, Wondell Robinson in, like, the fourth round. Are you kidding me? That's great. But we're also not going to use the slot guy that much. So what good is it? So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think Sky Moore plays bigger than he is. I think it's a defensible pick to go with that, even though he's – I mean, he's not that much – smaller than Ridley right no he's not so he's actually heavier I mean he's he's like he's like a 5'11 195 200 so he, he's not itty bitty so I think we're in agreement here as we're running down on the clock uh Billy's yeah. telling me so we'll go with Sky Moore's pick we don't want to lose yep. our picks we don't want to do a Dallas Cowboys and lose our pick so so now we're down to 114 I think we can go ahead and say we can take receiver off the board yeah um, of course Wanda Robinson's still there still right there. which is why yeah. we all right, Jake Ferguson's still there at tight end. That's uh, an early contender. So the only other thing I'll look at here, so we got tight end, and the other one thing I want to look at is running back. Yes. Are there running backs, running backs still left. here? They a lot. are. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> so many. Like Hassan Haskins will be available so late. Yeah. Hassan Haskins is, you know, off-brand Derrick Henry, which is exactly what we want especially if you're going to pick him in like the sixth round. I would even say he's that's off-brand why, Brian Robinson. Yeah, but and that's why it's so tough to take those guys earlier because you can get a pretty okay physical running back, you know. Now, I, Damian Pierce was good for Florida uh, in a year where not that much was good for Florida. He also ran in the four sevens. Yeah, he's um, slow. I, he's slow. You can see it on his film. He is not explosive. Yeah, I, I don't really – like to draft really that much off of 40 times. Um, but I think but it matches usually, yeah. And, and also I think a lot of times what a lot of teams do more so than go, Oh, this guy's a four, four guy. So let's pick him over the four five guy. You don't, they don't use it that way. The way to use it is to say, okay, if you play this position and you're slower than this time, then we're going to kind of rule you out. Cause that tells mm-hmm. us historically it's almost impossible to be good at that position. Right. So once at running back, you start getting to the four sevens 
and it's like, hey, you just might not have enough juice, no mm. matter how good you are at the rest of it. He might still be good. He really might. Yeah. He's a good running back. Um, but it would it would scare me off from drafting him when you could draft other running backs that are also good. I basically took him off my board when going back and watching his film. It's like he's not explosive. Not that you have to be, but in this draft, I could get Zamir White, who gives me a lot of that same physical downhill running and is yeah. significantly faster. Looking at who's left on the running back board, I would go with Ferguson at tight end over the running backs. So Jake Ferguson tight end, and let's look, take a quick look at safety and see if there's any good safety still left. Nick Cross still sitting there at 125. Oh, yikes. Ooh, that's tempting. Okay. That's tough. That's a tough call because you're talking about need versus – man, I'll tell you – the. T- I'll tell you, I'll give you one more. If you wait, there's a chance you could get Charlie Kohler, the All-American. Yeah. Next round, who's sitting there still on the board. He's an adequate blocker, really good pass catcher. And you want to talk about getting great value, getting an All-American in round five, he might be there. So just a thought. I I think in this, I think because of the depth of the positions, I would have to go with Cross now and then try and come back. I hope that Cole or somebody like is there at tight end and then go hit running back even later. All right. So at pick number 114, we're taking Nick Cross, a safety out of Maryland. All right. So tight ends left. Uh, uh, oh, wait. Look at this. Now, this is okay. Jaden Weidermeyer from Texas AM is still available. Uh, he has been low on a lot of boards. Uh, boards. I don't know why. I mean, I think he's pretty good. I don't I do too. think that he was like maybe really top three in the nation good, like the no, Mackey Ward no, did, but also no. apparently thought Brock Bowers wasn't good. So maybe their <laughs> judgment's a little suspect. But yeah, I keep seeing a lot of stuff with him being like fifth or sixth round. I'm like, man, he uh how do you feel about him? How do you feel about okay, but how about this? How do you feel about either him at 151 or one of these running backs still? Damian Pierce, Samir White, Hassan Haskins are all still there. What do you think about one of them here at 151? Yeah, I think at 151, I might go. Let me see the tight end board again. I don't know a lot about Kroll at Pittsburgh or Turner at Nevada. Hmm. I I would probably go with Hassan. I think I would be tempted to go with Hassan Haskins. Mm -hmm. Um. Over, I mean, just so we don't pick all Georgia people. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you Haskins. why I'm fine with that pick. You know, one of the things that Hassan Haskins is amazing at pass pro. Go okay. back and watch that Georgia game. He himself stopped at least three more sacks. I'm just telling you. Now he gives you no utility in the passing game, but he is a back that can pound the ball and stay on the field because he is amazing in pass pro. So I am completely good at that pick, taking Hassan Haskins to give me the big physical back that Mike Davis was supposed to be last year. Mm-hmm. He ain't gonna give you anything in the passing game, but dang it, he can come in and stuff a blitz, and he can get tough yards and get in the end zone and short yardage. So I'm good at this pick. Hassan Haskins at 151, putting it down. All right, works for me. Come on, be there. Oh, Jaden Watermeyer still there. Pick number 190. Are you good taking him here? Yeah, I think at that point it's just uh, worth the risk. I think he has a ways to go as a blocker, and yeah, we were. He does hoping to get a guy that's more of a blocker at that position, but yeah, it's just too good. So, you know, uh, one of the things I was just was realizing is with Sky Moore at receiver, 
you can get a little bit of slot work out of him mm-hmm. because instead of just flexing out pits to the slot, you can flex pits out all the to way X. wide. Yeah. And yeah. Or a Z. And yeah. <clears throat> yep. You're absolutely right. And then with, with if you think about pits and pickings, that's two matchup problems on the outside. And you've got a guy like Sky Moore working on a nickel. You'd like that matchup. Yeah. Now, and then, and I thought of it because I was thinking about Weidermeyer and how he would fit. Right. And then I was thinking, oh, yeah, when you split pits out wide and then more would be in the slot. And then you have Weidemeyer playing your traditional receiving first tight end. It actually isn't too bad of a fit. Now, talking myself into it, we're looking at we're looking at a list of players who we don't know um, here with this last pick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know Bo Bo Melton. I know Jake Camarda, who's listed up here. We did All take right. a- who's who's available at punter. Give me the list of who's it's available. It's Camarda. I already checked. Arise is gone. <laughs> no, the punt guy himself. I All most right. certainly would have taken the the Jesus of punters here <laughs> with the six round pick because we took a six round punter a couple of years ago. You think about it, Sterling Hoffrichter, uh ended up being our starter until he got hurt. And I would say this, and this is why it's crazy as it sounds. Jake Camarda at this pick is more likely to make our team than a six-round wide receiver. Yeah. That's, that's why it's not that's a terrible pick. True. Right. That's why it's and, not a wasted pick. And that's why if Ariza is there, you know, picking a punter in the sixth round, which normally <laughs> is not advisable, but somebody like Ariza, who's just a freak, freak. I mean, it's hard. You have a freak show at uh punter. That's all you got to say. Hey, was Christopher Allen just listed there? Did he actually go pro? That's what I thought I just saw. Let me see. Christopher Allen. And let me give you one more. Let's check and see if this guy is available. Okay. Christopher Allen was at the combine. So, yes, I would pick him. Christopher Allen, uh-huh. who probably has second-round talent and missed this year with injury for Alabama. And you and I discussed this, that we might go in the sixth round, and if he was able to be drafted, take Adam Anderson. Yeah. This yeah, is basically but, that pick without the legal trouble. Right, pending legal trouble. In this case, you're yeah. picking up injury concerns. Mm-hmm. So, you're, you know – there's some risk involved, but you have a guy that was a first or second round talent and, and played like that um, when healthy. So, and what's crazy is he was supposed to be, he was supposed to be what Will Anderson was like going into this year. Everybody said Chris Frown is the best player on the Alabama defense. Um, and then, well, Will Anderson happened and he was maybe the best player in college football. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I had Will Anderson winning the Heisman up until the SC championship when I watched Bryce Young pull George's pants down and spank them. So <laughs> that changed my vote. <laughs> um, so we're wrapping this mock draft up. We did pretty well, Scott. Got in here. I, right I'm pretty days. happy. I'm actually already annoyed that the real draft, I'm going to be much more disappointed in <laughs> than our draft. We will not get this kind of haul and meet this many needs. So let's go back through. At number eight, we took Derek Stingley Jr., arguably the best cornerback in this draft. At number 43, Sion Johnson from Boston College, one of the best guards in this draft. 58, George Pickens to be wide receiver number one. Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia at number 74. Sky Moore, a receiver that – dude, on the PFF board, do you know he's listed in the top 30 or the top 35? Yeah, he's way up there. It's a really good value pick. That's why we picked him, even though he's not like a perfect fit and we already had picked yeah. the receiver, right? It's like but, he's just too good. On everybody's boards, they have everybody else besides Pro Football Network has him in the top 50 at lowest, which I think is, I think it's overvalued. But I mean, this is a good pick at 82. Nick Cross, a really athletic safety. Um, I hate to make this comparison. He's kind of off brand Richie Grant. He's a little bit bigger, runs a little bit better. Um, didn't 
produce at quite the same level Richie Grant did. If you watch Richie Grant's tape from UCF, it was absurd. So, like it really was. But um, another really good athletic safety to add to your back end because the Falcons did not plug that spot with a long-term answer. Hassan Haskins, a running back from Michigan, to give you your big back that can block and carry the ball in short yardage. Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A&M, an All-American caliber tight end, who is going to have to improve on his blocking because we all know that he ain't going to be the number one receiving tight end option. And then with a six-round pick that you're just hoping you can turn into something, which is Christopher Allen. So that is a lot of talent. You met darn near every need, you know, on paper that you could come up with. I feel like this is a great draft. I'm giving this draft a solid A-. minus. I'm giving it a full-fledged A because I think think we were able to – get a premium position at pick eight, which that's what, you know, best case scenario. That's what we're hoping for, right? Is that we don't have to pick a non-premium position to get a premium player at eight. So at eight, getting a premium player at a premium position, I think with the second pick, you got a guy that should be a first rounder with your third pick, which is also in the second round. You got a guy that maybe really is a first round talent. Yeah. Yes. And then with your fifth pick in the third round, you got a guy that everybody else seems to think is like a late first yeah, or early second round talent. So in your first five picks, you arguably have four first round picks. So I give it an A. The only reason I won't give an A is because we did not get that edge rusher. That's, that's why I'm not giving it an A plus. plus. Okay. The value was we both personally in our own time have done a lot of different mock drafts. The value doesn't always fall this nicely. In this case, it did. Which is why we picked it. All right, man. Well, my daughter's peeking her head and wanting to insert her opinion on the draft. Uh, She said she likes the George Pickens pick because she's a Bulldogs fan, my two-year-old, soon to be three-year-old. And uh, I think we may have a chance to do this maybe one more time before the draft. We'll see. Anyways, Scott, thank you for jumping on and doing this. This went a lot better than our first attempt at it. So, Billy, you've got a lot of editing to do to clean this up. Uh, this has been Dave Bethay and Scott the Status Assassin. Scott, tell the people adios. Adios. Uh, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. <laughs>